Hello, welcome to the New Criterion podcast. I'm James Panero, executive editor of the New Criterion. And the introductory music you just heard, which is a new addition to the podcast series, is Fugue from J.S. Bach's Sonata No. 3 in C major for solo violin, performed by our own associate editor, Eric Simpson. So, Eric, thank you for that. Now, today I'm joined by a very special guest. Remarkable to say, it's the first time he's been to the New Criterion offices. Dr. Anthony Daniels, Tony to his friends, and Theodore Dalrymple to everyone else. Including enemies. <laughs> Including, especially enemies. And I looked it up. Tony, you've been writing for the New Criterion since 1999, producing over 100 essays under the name Anthony Daniels, and in about another 30 under Theodore Dalrymple. Um, now, I have to say, as editors, we're always appreciative of the two names because uh, we often will have a backlog of your articles that we like to get out, and we will run one under one name and one under the other in the same issue to get them out and catch up with your amazing level of productivity. Uh, before we get going, I'm just curious, what encouraged you to take on those two names? Uh, well, Theodore Dalrymple is a name that I adopted when I was working as a doctor and uh, a prison doctor, and I was writing a column for The Spectator in London, and it was an added layer of disguise. So, uh, And I had to think of a name of someone who didn't exist, and someone who sounded very grumpy and bad-tempered, and was looking out of his club window, lamenting the state of the world. And so you, you tend to take on... Uh, more uh, the topics were more related to your work as a medical doctor initially, under, yeah. initially under that name. Yeah. But it's an open secret now. I haven't. Uh, well, well, yes, yes. I, well, now it is. I guess I really ruined the yeah. secret. Uh, well, <laughs> no, it wasn't really much of a secret before. <laughs> Not that anybody is terribly interested in the secret. <laughs> um, now bringing us back to Anthony Daniels, we're here because Tony has just published a book with Criterion Books, an imprint of the new Criterion, called Good and Evil in the Garden of Art, Discrimination as the Guarantor of Civilization. And boy, discrimination, isn't that a dirty word? Do you really want to put that on your jacket copy? Well, uh, I do, uh, because I am of a certain age when actually discrimination was a positive uh, quality. Someone who was able to discriminate uh, and was discriminating uh, was a person of um, taste or intelligence. And someone undiscriminating was actually uh, a term of abuse. And so I'm uh, using the term, I hope, in that sense. So what's happened to judgment? This is a topic you get into a little bit in the book. Uh, well, people are afraid of making a judgment, and what they want is a kind of Cartesian point, or they always want a Cartesian point from which to make a judgment, from which the judgment follows as a kind of syllogism from their Cartesian point. But they only uh, do that uh, when they want to... Um, uh, destroy something or, or justify uh, their own bad taste or, or something like that. It's a dishonest skepticism, in other words. It's an absolute skepticism about uh, about what they don't want to do and what they don't like and, uh, uh, and what they're required not to do. And so are you, in this book, then demonstrating a different type of judgment? Well, I hope so. I, I, 
of course, I can't uh, solve the metaphysical problems uh, related to aesthetic and moral judgment. Uh, that's beyond me, and um, I don't. Unless I've missed something in philosophy, I don't think there's universal agreement about those things to this day. But I don't think that means that you can't talk reasonably about uh, art and discriminate between the good and the bad. The the essays in this book are all from the New Criterion, is yes. that right? Yeah. Um, how did you go about organizing the book? Uh, well, I just looked at the list of the essays I'd written and chose some. <laughs> <laughs> what more could you ask for, right? <laughs> um, well, we appreci especially appreciate, I think, the uh, the personal quality of your essays. Uh, I know Ben, uh, uh, our Hilton Kramer fellow, uh, was referring to your gooseberry essay. Do yes. you want to just describe that briefly? Uh, well, it's just a connection between uh, my personal uh, life, my personal experience, and a story by Chekhov, and also a wonderful Dutch uh, painter who, believe it or not, uh, specialized in painting gooseberries. So it's reflection on the, uh, uh, how can I say, the uh, role of gooseberries in civilized existence. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, whenever your pieces come in for us, it, beyond anything else, they're just a demonstration of the art of the essay. It, you're a beautiful writer, and it's. Um, if I ever want to demonstrate to anybody else how they should write, I say, please write more like Tony Daniels. Oh, well, thank for you us. very much. Yes, well, it's true. Um, what are some of the literary stories that you recall in putting this book together? Well, uh, one, for example, is the um, uh, the um, essay about H.G. Um, Wells' is the Time Machine, and that what I try to do is relate uh, literature to, to to actual life because I think that literature should be. Uh, the criticism of life, amongst other things, and uh, uh, and I, I detest all kinds of uh, literary theory, of course. Um, and this was an essay that I wrote when I was coming out of a, a, a concert in in Birmingham, actually, which amazingly enough has a very good symphony orchestra. And I was coming out. I was a well, I'm now 66. I was on at the younger end of the age spectrum of the people attending. And we came out of the concert hall into uh, scenes that make Sodom and Gomorrah seem rather tame. Really. <laughs> and uh, we all fled. And, of course, the uh, the story, the, the time machine uh, talks about uh, the effete people who are out in the daytime, um, and then they fear the subterranean uh, people, uh, well, not people, creatures, I should say, uh, at night. And I felt very much as if I was a, uh, an Eloy and, <laughs> and uh, was about to be eaten, actually, <laughs> by the, uh, the crowd which was supposedly enjoying itself. In England, you can't tell the difference between the sound of uh, someone being murdered and people enjoying them. So, <laughs> so is, is a takeaway that fact is stranger than fiction, or and is getting well, stranger? Well, that, that there are strange connections between mm. uh, fiction and literature, mm. and and um, and of course uh, that's what I try to do in many of the other essays. But of course, I write also about art, uh, visual art as well as as literary art. Well, one thing we are discussing here at the magazine is what appears to be a rise in populism. Yes. Um, here and abroad. 
What's your reflection on that? Uh, well, I suppose it's the revenge of... Uh, ordinary dissatisfied people on a political class which seems to be more and more disconnected from the rest of the population mm -hmm. and that doesn't really it doesn't really matter which political party it is they all, all they all seem disconnected from the lives of of people who have suffered particularly in the last 10 years so that's what i think it is and of course political correctness has a, a great deal to, to account for in that because uh, when respectable people can't say obvious things then uh, mm. people who are not respectable will will say them mm. and it, we were speaking last night and it sounds like you don't quite blame the leaders but the people who elect the leaders well it's a kind of, dare I say it it's a kind of dialectical relationship <laughs> <laughs> you know it's neither the one nor the other but I was just reflecting today I'm reading a and I'm going to write an essay on a book by uh, Harry Frankfurt, you know, the professor of uh, philosophy at Princeton, who wrote a book called On Bullshit. I don't oh, know whether you remember that. I actually that. have a copy of that. Yes. Well, it's quite interesting. There was a professor, Max Black, who 30 years ago wrote an essay, more or less saying the same thing, only better. And um, But it was titled um, On the Prevalence of Humbug. And it's interesting that... Even in the academy, there's been a kind of coarsening mm -hmm. of language. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this prefigures uh, Trump's coarsening of, of political discourse. How interesting. I mean, of course, the academy would never say they were to blame for the rise of Trump, but it's all part of the same package. I suppose it is. In, in political correct, insofar as uh, the academy is supremely uh, politically correct, mm -hmm. uh, they are responsible for a revolt against that political correctness. Unfortunately, the enemy of my enemy is not necessarily my friend. Right. Well, um, I should say that the book, once again, Good and Evil in the Garden of Art Discrimination as the Guarantor of Civilization, is available this month on Amazon for $20, which is a, a bargain. You have your... I mean, I think it's a bargain, right? <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> so who should pick up the copy? Um, any uh, intelligent person who's interested in the... Uh, in uh, culture and uh, who's dissatisfied with the state of literary culture at the moment. That sounds like our audience right there. For audience for this podcast, I hope. <laughs> I hope so too. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Uh, once again, this is the New Criterion Podcast. I'm James Pinero here with Anthony Daniels. And you can find that more of these podcasts on our new website, newcriterion.com or on SoundCloud. So um, listen in, and uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.